I'm Liz Gold, and you're listening to Conversations. Stories about strength, courage, and making it through. I'm glad you're here. Hey there, it's Liz. Thanks for joining me. Before we launch into this episode with Phil, a.k.a. Corinne, which is a wonderful conversation about pivoting in the age of COVID-19, spirituality, saying yes, listening to pings, creating podcasts, and rebuilding one's life, I wanted to acknowledge what is happening in our country as it is not addressed in the episode you are about to hear. We recorded that episode on May 27th, and within a few days, more and more people started taking to the streets to protest the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor at the hands of police, stand up against police brutality and the killing of black people, and fight against the incredible injustice they face every day in a white supremacist system. There is much to say about this, much to do around this, especially as a white person, and I am still working to find the words and figure out how to show up thoughtfully, strategically, and effectively. This is my privilege talking. Black people haven't had that luxury as they have been living this and responding to this day in and day out. If you are a white person, I encourage you, no, challenge you to do your work. Start reading about what it means to be anti-racist. There are many book lists out there. Find black authors, activists, artists, intellectuals, leaders on social and start following them. If you are able, please donate. Support your local organizations doing the work to protect and affirm black lives and support the Black Lives Matter movement with your dollars. Support local black owned businesses take anti-racist trainings, and if you can get the out there in the streets, protest. This work takes all of us in all kinds of different ways. I personally am here to listen, to share, and amplify Black, Indigenous, and POC voices, donate, and talk to other white people about how to show up in this work. I will fuck up. It's pretty much guaranteed. But I will be part of the solution here because while, yes, being quiet is important sometimes so we can make space for other voices that need to be heard, hiding behind our silence makes us complicit in this white supremacist system, and that is not acceptable to me. The last thing I'll mention before going on to the episode is to check out this Facebook group, White People Doing Something. I will put it in the show notes. Phil, my guest, is co-founder, and it started at the end of May and already has more than 16,000 members and growing. Again, thank you for listening and supporting this show. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions or comments, and please do what you can to eradicate racism. It starts on an individual level. Thank you. Hello, hello, and welcome to Conversations. I'm your host, Liz Gold. Thanks for being here. My guest today is Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. And before I bring them on, let me just tell you a little bit about them. Phil is a podcast host, stylist, wedding officiant, and storyteller at heart, connecting people and ideas together 
in a way that resonates beyond the superficial and challenges the way we think. They are continually interested in capturing unique stories and sharing them with the goal of educating and entertaining. They are especially dedicated to supporting the LGBT community and created Transition of Style, a podcast that brings focus to the unique style journey queer individuals embark on when seeking an authentic identity. They understand that neither style nor identity is static and that either one or both can be in a constant state of flux. Phil has a varied career starting in music management. They then shifted to technology, serving as an applications and full stack developer at Boston Consulting Group and applications developer at J.P. Morgan Chase in New York City. They were a founding member of QueerCut, a radically inclusive e-commerce platform engaging queer brands and customers. All of this experience has given them the ability to understand the complex nature of creation, development, and distribution. At present, Phil is the host of Transition of Style and the upcoming At This Very Moment podcast and co-host of the I'm From Driftwood podcast. Welcome to the show, Phil. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. And by the way, thank you for reading that bio. I've never heard it read out and I'm like, well (laughs) done, Phil. Well done. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a little obsessed with people's bios because I'm always like, there's so much good meat and juice in the bios. And I always want to deconstruct them, but you know, yeah, yeah. To talk about. but I always like to give people an idea of who my guest is, you yeah. know, before we start the conversation. So, you know, people have exactly to- give them context. Totally understand. Yeah. So I always like to say the date because we are still in the pandemic. It's May 27th when we're recording this, 2020, Mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. And so, Phil, you're in New York. Where are you in New York? So I'm in Brooklyn, New York. I'm in Ditmas Park, lovely Ditmas Park, beautiful houses. Springtime bloom is happening here. It's it's quite beautiful here. Yeah, I used to live in that area, like right off of, I can't even remember the street to live on. Yeah, right off of Cortellu on what? I don't even remember the street. That is terrible that I can't. Oh, that's great. You were definitely right in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. You know, I miss Catskill Bagels and like, yeah. What's the other Sycamore, all of it, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a great neighborhood. I used to love living there. Awesome. So, how has it been in New York during this pandemic? You know, I've been hearing a lot of different things, but what's your experience been like? Well, my experience has been sometime. At the beginning of April, I was, you know, I had a day job and I was sort of furloughed. So first I was working from home, which was not as much an adjustment for me as it was for some of my coworkers because they weren't used to that. But having worked in tech in the past, you know, you, you know what it's like to work remotely and it's not as much of a, a jump for you if you've done that in the past. So for me, it was an adjustment, but it wasn't a huge adjustment. And, you know, I was working from home and it was fine. Then I got furloughed and at first thought to myself, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? This is going to be intense. Like, I have to figure out how to make a living. What am I going to do? But, you know, I have to tell you what you realize in your life sometimes is that the things that look like like absolute disasters turn out to be like the best blessings ever Mm. because it allowed me to take this time to really do some of the work I was already doing, which is really go inward and just kind of really look at my life, you know, really zoom out and look at my life from different lens. And also it gave me the chance to really think about how I'm going to do my podcasts, doing more of them, doing some recording. It really gave me the time to do all the stuff I wanted to do. But in a larger sense, to answer your question, being here in New York at this time is very strange. This is, uh, you know, I'm a native New Yorker. I've never seen a time like this where, you know, people are in their houses and not, not out in the streets and not, you know, out socializing. It's been really strange, but I have to say for me, there has been a lot of good in it because I think I needed to kind of 
quiet myself down, quiet my life down so that I can look at it in a different way. So I can look at it and really take stock in what I want to do and where I want to go. I love that. So it's like really seeing the opportunity and sort of this weirdly strange wild time that we're living in. You know, it's like, I remember seeing somebody posted something on Instagram of Times Square being completely empty. When in our lifetime have we ever seen Times Square? Never, never. Right. Right. And so I guess like when you're furloughed and you have all this time and space to think about like what is important, right? I mean, so like what are some of the questions that you were asking yourself and what sort of whatever you want to share around this? Because I realize it's personal. Like what kind of things emerged for you in terms of this question that I was actually talking to with another guest of mine about like really what is essential? Like what, how do you want to show up to life right now, you know, in terms of what's happening? Right. So I think the question for me is, how do I want to show up for life once this is over? And that's where I've been sort of grappling with. And it made me understand that I do need to show up differently. Mm -hmm. I need to really think about how I spend my days and, and be more intentional about how I move through my life. I have been in the past two, three years in a major overhaul of my life from leaving a very long term relationship to leaving a career that I had to, you know, just moving and really just paring down in my life so that I can like strip it bare and sort of build it back up again. And this time of reflection during the pandemic has allowed me to really say, okay, I have now stripped this house bare. How do I want to build it now? What materials do I want to use? What is the foundation of this house? And once I figure out what that foundation is now, what do I want to do? How do I want to decorate it? Basically, how do I want to move through the world? And so it really, this time gave me a a moment to sit with myself and say, I know what my skills are. I know what my talents are. I know what they are. It's time for me now to, instead of like waiting to be called into the game, get off the sidelines and put myself in the game and get started and, you know, stop talking about the things I want to do and get them done. I have the tools. I have the ability. It's time to actually put them into play now and, you know, be honest about the fact that I have these skills and I got to use them now. It's time to use them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I just love what you said because it's like kind of parallel lives with me. It's like leaving a long-term relationship, you know, getting out of a career that I've been in for a long time. It's like, those are two major things. You know, the world keeps turning. (laughs) Yes, yes. As, you know, the transition like on the personal level happens. And so, I mean, you know, I just give you a lot of credit for like stating it the way that you did because I think it's not so easy to like come out of a big relationship and then decide, okay, you know, I actually want something different for my career. And then like just stripping it down. And while the world is moving around you and bills need to get paid and, you know, people, you know, want your attention or whatever, it can be challenging to just like strip it down and sort of be like, okay. It's been a serious challenge. <laughs> it has been a serious challenge and it's been, and it's been going on for a while now, but I took the challenge on. I knew that I had to, I knew that basically, you know, I had a choice, you know, you always have choices. You can decide to keep going the way you're going, knowing that things are not like that the house is falling apart or it's like, okay, I got to get real. Like this is not going to be easy. It is what it is, but I have to rebuild. Yeah. And I mean, and rebuilding, that's fun. And it can also be like, okay, how do I want to rebuild? What does that intentionality sort of look like? You know, how does that sort of manifest in the, you know, physical plane? It's like, okay, yeah, you know, we can have all these ideas, but it's like, how do you actually put them out into the world? You know, I love talking about this type of stuff because it's like, I have gone through my own changes and I understand like, 
that things don't just happen overnight. You have to like plant seeds and then they happen and then you can cultivate it. And then you see things blooming, but it takes time, you know? And so I love that you're using this time to sort of really get clear about how you want to show up once this is over. What is that going to look like for you? Because obviously you've been in tech. Are you going to continue to be in tech or are you sort of pivoting out of that tech? So I I pivoted out of tech about two years ago. So I'm not going back to tech. Tech is not where I belong. I think the tech is a fantastic field. You know, I had some good wins in tech. It was wonderful, but it's been very clear to me from this time of not just during the pandemic, but long before the pandemic, I was sort of, I had been sitting with myself to figure out where I belong, where my purpose is. And it's not in tech. My purpose is in speaking to people. I am good at speaking. I'm good at advocating for people. I advocate for queer people. That's going to be a big part of my job. A big part of my job is, you know, talking to people, making them feel comfortable, holding space for people. My job is to have some sort of platform where all that happens. So tech is not where it's going to be. And what it's going to look like for me when that's done is just like, you know, up-leveling on, you know, the podcast I'm doing. I'm also, you know, I'm really starting to get more interested in doing some more efficient work, like wedding efficient work. I am going to do some voiceover work. I'm going to do some public speaking. I'm going to do all the things that allow me to use my voice. There's, my voice has a purpose and I have to allow, allow it to sort of, I need that purpose to show itself in various forms. Mm-hmm. I love and so, that. Yeah. And so have you been doing efficient work like online? Like are people getting married? I mean, I saw actually one friend of mine just got married maybe a month or so ago. And she, I think they did it. They did it outside and they live Facebooked it, which was like, or they Facebook lived it, the, the whole ceremony, which yeah. has nothing to do with officiants, but like, are you, <laughs> <laughs> I am getting there, but are, are you doing like, are people getting married online? Like, how's that working now? Well, I, I understand that people are getting married online. I've only done one wedding and I don't know. It's not that I wouldn't do a virtual wedding, but I think it has to be a specific, there has to be some sort of specific connection between me and the mar- the couple I'm marrying. I, I just don't think that's the easiest thing. I think when you're doing this work, when you're doing efficient work, at least the way I approach it, it is very heart-centered. And so it has to feel right. I have to be the right efficient for the couple. The couple has to be right for me so that we can make this something special for them. So I haven't done any virtual weddings. I'm happy to do some, but it has to be the right couple. The one wedding I did, I have to say, it was one of the most beautiful days of my life. I have never, the feelings that I had that went through me the day that I married two good friends of mine, it's hard to even talk now about it because the emotions I felt were so incredible. They were just the most intense, joyful, heartfelt emotions that it just knocked me off my feet. It was incredible. And how did you know you wanted to do that? Like, how did you get into doing that work? I I didn't know I wanted to do that. They came to me and they were like, we want you to marry us. And I was like, oh, wow, really? (laughs) Okay, okay, let's do this. I mean, listen, some of what I've been working on also in the past couple of years is that I don't say no Mm. to the things that present themselves to me. I mean, obviously, no is a word you have to use sometimes, right? But when you're in this mode of rebuilding your life and you're presented with opportunities, sometimes that's the universe saying, I want you to check this out. Mm. You know, I know this doesn't sit with what you know you can do. I am learning more about what I can do by saying yes. Ooh, I love this. Yes. I am learning that yes is a word that has been great for me because it allows me to expand and allows me to 
figure out more of who I am. Like I would never had thought to go into officiant work. And I had one of the most incredible days of my life doing that, that wedding. I mean, I would never have figured that out had they not come to me and had I not said yes. Right. I mean, and when your two friends come to you, they're like, can you marry us? Like, I don't know how you would say no to that. I mean, I'm sure some people would say, no, I don't feel comfortable doing that. But it's like, oh, like what an honor, right? And so, yes. I mean, okay, I love this concept of like the universe presenting you with an opportunity, especially in the context of rebuilding your life and then saying yes. I mean, does the yes come immediately for you or do you have to sort of be like, you know, what's your sort of initial gut response? Is it always a question? Or is it sort of like you have to sort of get to the yes? Well, I had a spiritual reading that basically changed my life like a couple of years ago. And I remember this gentleman and I've gone to see him now several times because I just felt like what I heard from him made, has, has changed me as a person. And one of the things he said to me is like, if someone comes to you and asks you to do something, I know it might feel uncomfortable, but you need to try. Mm-hmm. Like he was trying to say to me, I get it. Like you may feel, I don't know if I can do that. And, and I remember him saying, he's like, you'll say, well, I don't know how to do that, but yes, I'll do that. Like he wanted me to say yes, because in that yes, there is this opportunity for me to learn more about what I can do. Mm-hmm. And so when they asked me, I was like, say what? you want me to do what? And I was like, yes, I will do that. (laughs) It was an immediate yes. I was not going to say no to them, but it was of course me being like, am I going to screw these people's like wedding day? Like, and I remember the day I will never forget that day. I remember the day because they had the wedding in Maine. This was last year. Oh, Maine? That's where I'm from. No way. Oh my God. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. And they had it in Maine. I forget what part of Maine, but I remember it was in this beautiful field and was like, we were walking up this hill to like where they want to have the ceremony. And I remember like having this moment of nerves, like, am I about to do this? Like, really? Am I going to marry? Like, I hope I don't screw this up. Like I had a moment of like, oh shit, what the hell? Like, what are you doing right now? And I remember just having this moment, like, and I had this moment, I've had moments like this anytime I'm about to do something big. It always happens the same way. It happened that way this day as well. I had this moment of nerves and then I had this moment of like calm where it's like, okay, hang on. I'm, this is not just me. It's not me. It's not my words. It's like me connecting to something greater than myself. And that thing is helping me show up. Mm, I love you know, that. And that's how I get it done. And I remember, you know, walking up there like, okay, officiant, it's time for you to walk up the hill. It's time to get the ceremony started. And I had these nerves. And I just remember walking up and all of a sudden, I would know where this white butterfly just comes fluttering around me. Oh. And I just was like, oh, okay. It was as if it was like, remember, we're doing this together. Like, you're good. And then I was just like, got it. Got up the hill, got it done. It was fantastic. Wow, what an experience. And I love like how you bring in the universe and like how spiritual you are because we don't know each other that well. And so I love hearing, you know, how you, you had a spiritual reading and sort of like, I love how the messages can come up in a spiritual reading because yes, you know, and sort of like what can hit you, you know, yes. and what you can take away. And you really applied that, you I know? Did. And also that you recognize what comes up when you do something new, you know, or something big, and you recognize that that was part of your experience, but that also 
this was something bigger and that you got it done through something bigger. Wow. What that's exactly right. Yeah. Incredible experience. That's it, it really was. It really, I mean, and I remember like after the, the ceremony was over, I got so many people coming up to me like, Oh my God, that was amazing. That was great. And I was just like, I was so grateful that I was able to like write words and say things that would just did this couple justice. Cause they're just such fantastic people. And I just wanted to speak from my heart about what I know about them and what I know about their love. And I wanted people to join in on that celebration. And I feel like that's what I did. Wow. So cool. Incredible. Yeah. Good day. Good day for me. <laughs> it was a good day for me. <laughs> lived that with you. That was like, oh. I know. I'm like, it's like, it was like, it was a better day for me than it was for them. It wasn't, <laughs> but it was pretty good. <laughs> so everyone, wedding officiant, call Phil. Yeah, right? please. Yeah, call me. I'm, I'm good at it. I'm good. <laughs> I did one, but I could do many. I know it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're in New York and you you're also doing like, you know, you're working on your podcast, which let's talk about your podcast because I'm really, I just started listening to Transition of Style and, you know, you had me on, which was like really fun to do. And then I, of course I was just like, what did I say? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's always like that. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I (laughs) appreciate all my guests who come on because I'm so used to being the interviewer. I was like, yeah, it's very different. It's a different, very different position to be in for sure. (laughs) I was like, what just happened? But (laughs) it was really fun. So talk to me about Transition of Style, which I highly recommend people check out because it's sort of the intersection of gender and style and especially for queer people that is like ever changing and I know that it's pivoted and we'll talk about the pivot but like what sort of prompted you to start your podcast because it's been around since 2018 right yes yes so the podcast started it was a project with a friend of mine my friend Elena Um, shout out to Elena what's up we wanted to do a project that had something to do with style because we love dressing and also dressing for people who are more masculine center Mm-hmm. And we thought that it would be a really good thing to do some sort of project that evolved talking about those two things, our identity and also our style. But we really realized as we started to kind of like put the project together that there were so many things that we wanted to talk about in relation to the experience of dressing yourself as somebody who's masculine center. You know, we realized like, I think we wanted to talk about our experiences, but we realized is that from talking to others, that others were having the experience of trying to navigate that whole thing. So, you know, even though the podcast is not just for people who are masculine center, it's for any queer person thinking about their identity and it doesn't matter what that identity is. It is just about navigating those two things, which sometimes they sometimes affect each other, right? Sometimes the identity of who you are will affect the way you dress. And sometimes you're navigating one or you're navigating the other. But the crux of the podcast was really started from us wanting to share those experiences and understanding that there were other people having experiences that were like us. Like take, for instance, in the beginning, in the early days, we were talking about what it's like to go into dressing rooms, what it's like going to bathrooms. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're somebody who's masculine center, it's like, it's how fraught that those experiences are with a lot of emotions and this whole idea of trying to navigate it. We realized that we weren't the only ones doing it. And it was not a bad idea to start a project that allowed other people to see that we were trying to navigate it and we understand that they're navigating it and they could share their experiences with us so that somebody else listening might feel a little less alone in those experiences. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I love, and I also love the nuance of the show because I, you know, I remember I was listening to one of the episodes where 
you were talking about again going into the like the men's department you know like yes I think that's what your host was talking about you know sort of looking for something to wear for an event and then you know started going into the women's section and was just sort of like mm, nope and then started going into the men's section and sort of navigating the feelings that yes with that and also like the salespeople and sort of you know, the interaction between the salespeople as you're sort of walking around the men's department, like, yes. how are they treating you? If they're treating you well, you're going to come back to that store. You're going to come back to that, you know, the person was saying, like, I want to come back to when that person in the store is working. So yes. I know I have a good experience. And I just was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, and as because, you know, as a femme, like, I don't who just goes into the I mean, I do wear men's clothes, but like I took going shopping is not that kind of experience for me, you know, Right. So it was really interesting. And I appreciated like hearing that experience because that makes so much sense. And also from a retail perspective, I mean, there's so much training that could be going yes. on for salespeople, yes. you know, to sort of like be able to better welcome all their customers, no matter where they are shopping. Right. I mean, I've yet to see a queer person that walks in, you know, a queer person who was born a woman walk into a men's department and use money that looks different from a man who's walking to a men's apartment. <laughs> right. Like I've yet to see that happen. And I don't, <laughs> so I don't really understand what the problem is here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, so get over it. What are you doing right now? And so you've had to pivot your show. You're focused on sort of the gender and the style piece, but now you've sort of pivoted in the age of the pandemic, which, you know, we're all pivoting in some way or another, you know, to adapt to what's going on around us. And, and so what prompted you to do that? And sort of, can you tell us a little bit about sort of the change that you've made? Yes, yeah, sure. So transition of style, right before the pandemic shut down everything, we started working with Fashion Consort. Shout out to Fashion Consort Agency. Transition Styles produced by Fashion Consort. We just started working with the agency and we had started to overhaul the podcast so that it had a different format. And so we were about to release those episodes and then everything shut down, which means that we had more recording to do. Uh, and so we realized this would not have been a good time to release those episodes. We figured it was time to like look at what was happening and figure out how we could change things and make it so that we are offering more of a service and be more of a service to our community. And so what we decided is we wanted to switch over to something called TOS Check-In, which is basically our alternative format where we're checking in with members of the queer community, you know, making sure everyone's staying connected, asking them how they're staying sane, you know, talking about how they're getting through quarantine. And so it started out as just a way to check in with our community members and just say, hey, how are you doing? How are you hanging in there? And I have to tell you, and I actually just did an article that I released on uh, Medium the other day called Transition in a Time of Crisis. What started out as us doing these check-ins, these sort of wellness, virtual wellness checks, if you will, with members of the queer community became something different over time. Because what I was starting to see was a trend that I was not expecting. And I should have expected it, to be honest with you, knowing the queer community. What I started to see was everyone I spoke to, whether or not they were home, working from home, working, or were like, you know, were still like going out and working, almost every last person I spoke to was trying to help out in some way. Mm. They were at home. They were still like trying to help neighbors with groceries. One of my good friends, you know, doesn't work as a medical person, used to work as a, in a medical profession, but decided to put that hat back on and go out, take a two hour trip every, like, like, I don't know, several times a week 
to Queens from Harlem mm-hmm. to go help with coronavirus testing. Mm-hmm. I just, everywhere I looked, it was just people helping. And it just made me so proud of our community because, you know, one of the things that most queer people know is the feeling of being othered. They understand what it's like for some reason to be criticized somehow for who they choose to love, how they choose to identify. There are all sorts of reasons why they may have been othered, but almost all of them have the experience of being othered at some time or another. Mm-hmm. And that same feeling of knowing what it's like to be othered is what I think makes them incredible because they turn that around and they turn it into being of service. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, the pride I felt when I listened to these stories, I was just like, holy shit, our community's amazing. Wow. Yeah, blew my mind. How many episodes of the check-ins have you done so far? I think we're up to the seventh episode and we have several more to release, you know, uh, and we're, we're going to keep going for now. But, you know, we want to get back to our standard sort of like format. But right now we're going to stick with the check-ins. And again, they've just been incredible. Yeah, no, I love that, the common denominator of queer people wanting to help. And it just, I mean, yeah, that makes so much sense. And queers are awesome. Like, I mean, they really are. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, really, like getting out there and helping in various ways. And what a cool observation for you. I mean, even, you know, to sort of see that emerge from the stories, you know, that you're talking to. And also, what a great thing to be doing is to check yeah. in with queer people and be like, hey, how are you doing in this? I mean, you know, I know from this podcast, I started it at the end of February, not thinking that there was going to be a pandemic, you know, but also like the premise of the show is to talk about stories of strength, courage, and getting through, aka resiliency. So when the pandemic hit, I was like, whoa, like what, (laughs) what is going on? So it's sort of been like a mix of talking to people about some of their like most personal stories and struggles, but also talking about what's been going on in the coronavirus and how they've been dealing with living in a pandemic because yes we are living in unprecedented times like this is i mean it's it's wild for all of us and how it's been impacting all of us is so is so different you know so for me it's helped me feel useful to help share these stories and to talk about you know how we're dealing with a collective trauma and you know like how you know some ways to get into your body and like just all the various sort of topics that have come out through this pandemic. And so, you know, it's awesome that you're doing that and checking in with people. And it sounds like you have a whole bunch of other content that hasn't even been released yet. <laughs> yeah, we're still going. We're still um, we're still releasing content at, you know, I don't know how long it's going to last, but, you know, for now, you know, we definitely have several more episodes to release. So we're going to keep going on this on this front. Obviously, things are changing. You know, society's reopening slowly. I'm sure that some of the stories will change. But I mean, like you said, there has been a collective trauma, feeling of collective trauma from this. And it has brought out a lot of emotions in people. Mm -hmm. And so some of that is still being explored. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we want to be supportive of that in any way. I mean, it's experiencing this pandemic in our own ways. And for some of us, it's been very, very difficult. Others of us, you know, we're navigating it a little better, but it's still been hard for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's been very interesting to see how it does affect different people. And so, I mean, I'm so curious because, you know, as somebody that, you know, you're working on a couple of other podcasts too. And do you want to talk about those as well? 
Yeah. I mean, so basically I can't say a whole lot about some of them, but one of the podcasts that I'm working on, I'm working on with a co-host. I won't kind of mention it now because I don't know how they feel about me promoting it, but something is coming up. It is going to be me co-hosting um, with another person and it is going to be also a queer podcast. So it's also about queer experiences. So I'll probably not mention anything about it now, but I will over time mention more about it on my website and, you know, through my Instagram and things it's like that. Coming. It's coming. It's definitely coming. And the other podcast at this very moment is going to be a relationship podcast, also produced by Fashion Consort. We had to put that also on hold because that was one that really couldn't be done remotely. So basically what that is, is just a snapshot, a look into folks' relationships. We're, we're just taking a snapshot in a moment in time of people's relationships. So we're going to ask people like how they met and where are they now and where they won't see their relationship going in the future. And then we'll probably have some follow-ups at times with some of these couples. So it's going to be really wonderful, but it is something that we had to put on hold because, you know, there's some podcasts you can do remotely and there's some that you just need the energy of the room for it to translate well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you were doing transition of style, I think in person, weren't you for a while? Yes. Yes. And the truth is, it's like, I prefer to do in person. I prefer to do in person. You know, one of the episodes I did in our new format before we had to lock everything down, I remember sitting in the room with my guest and there was this moment where she was talking about something and I was one of four people in that room. And I remember being like, you could feel in the air, the emotional intensity of what she was talking about. Like I almost like started to cry a little bit because it was so incredibly intimate what she was sharing. And I just remember everyone in the room, just like they're holding their breath being like, wow. Yeah. Wow. So that happened. Like really just soaking up the energy of what was happening. And I think that that, is something that you can miss when you're doing stuff remotely sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. I mean, I haven't done my podcast in person, but I have yeah. interviewed people in person. So it would be interesting to be able to do the podcast in person and really sit down and like have a sort of more full-bodied experience. Yeah, yeah, you should do both. You should try doing both. No, I know. So like as a podcast person, like, you know, what have you learned from you know, producing your podcast and, you know, do you have tips for people who may be like, oh, it's the pandemic. I'm going to start a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Tips. Ooh, that's a good question. I think right now there is, there's so much content out there right now. There's so much that people are putting out. And I think though there can be this tendency to think, okay, so then now this is just one more podcast, right? Like, do people want to hear this? The truth of the matter is, is like, if you're just trying to put out content about something you care about, I don't see why not. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't see why not. I mean, like, what is the goal behind what you're doing? Like, if it's become like rich and like, you know, sort of like create this huge following, that may happen, that may not happen, but you need to be okay with either. Mm -hmm. And if you have something you want to talk about passionately, why not? Mm-hmm. You may not have a bunch of followers, but you have some people who really want to hear that. Maybe you have a niche audience who really enjoys what you're talking about. You know, yeah, I can understand why people feel like there's content overload, but like there are so many different things to talk about. And there's so many different niche groups who want to hear about this, that, or the other thing. Like if you feel passionate about it, just go ahead and do it. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And, you know, you can only do it from your own perspective. You know, it's like... Exactly right. That's my- what makes it unique, Right. 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 Is your own, is your own take on it. I mean, you know, and I think you're, you're right. Like it's creating for the sake of creating because you feel motivated and inspired to do so 
rather than having a specific outcome, you know? And I think, you know, as a creator myself, it's sort of like, oh, you know, I put something out there and I'm like, okay, like what the response is like, I'm like trying to manage the response or try to, you know, like, yes, they're, you know, how people are going to receive it. And it's just like, I've really had to like, let that go. You know, you do, you do have to let it go. You know, somebody said something the other day, I was having a voiceover, like less than someone. And I had already been pretty much thinking along this lines, but then she said it and I was like, oh, that's what I need to hear. She was just like, set it and forget it. Yeah. Got it. Okay, got it. It's like, you just need to put it out there. The truth is, it's like, by doing stuff like this, you don't know where it's going to lead. Right. This is, what I, this is again, goes back to saying yes to your life. It's just like, so you start a podcast and you think it's just about starting a podcast, but it could be about something else. Yeah. It could be something else that comes out of that experience that you needed to be a part of. Right. And that's part of the journey is like following those pings that you get to start something and to just do it and see what happens, you know? Follow the pings. I'm all about the pings. (laughs) You know Uh, what I'm talking about, right? The pings rock my world, man. I mean, I don't think, honestly, none of what I do, like everything I do is about the pings. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like I'm learning. It's like when you have a ping, no matter how outrageous it seems, follow that ping because it's coming, you know, it's going to give you some information. It's going to take you to the next place that you need. Exactly. To right. It's I mean, you got to follow the, the, follow the trail, the, the breadcrumb trail. Actually, yes, absolutely. I don't think we're really, you know, conditioned or taught to do that. You know, it's all very like in, in our brains, you know, but like, yeah. really, I think the pings like come from inside. They're like this, or they're like this divine inspiration. And it's like, okay, you know, I just got this idea. I'm going to follow it, you know? So yeah, I try to follow the pings whenever possible. The pings are absolutely divine intervention. And I think that if you have any belief that there is something greater than you that is a part of your life, then honestly, I truly believe in that. And I truly believe in the fact that I have limited knowledge about what my life is going to look like. But I think that there's something greater than me that has much more information about what my life could look like. Mm. So you know what? I'm going with that guy. (laughs) I'm going with that guy. I totally understand. I mean, and how do you sort of tune into that? You know, I talk about the pings and you resonate with that, but like, how do you tune into that there's something greater than what we personally know as human beings? So I think this is another reason why this time has been really great because it's, it's allowed us to really quiet down. Yeah. I mean, we can get very distraction oriented through our lives and very much not be able to quiet down and listen. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where it starts. It starts with listening. Mm -hmm. You know, I was on a a Zoom call the other day with some friends who do this thing every Thursday where it's called spirituality. And they talk about like, you know, your life and spirituality and like how you use spirituality to like enhance your life. And I think one of the things that, that I didn't say on that call that I think I wanted to is that it's really cool. Like if people like to pray, you can pray. Like pray is fine. Prayer is fine. Like praying is wonderful. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not necessarily something I do, but like, I don't have a problem with people praying, but I'm like, so you are talking and that's great, which is praying because basically prayer is making a request as far as I'm concerned, but where are you listening? Mm. So praying and talking and, you know, hymns and all, all the stuff, that's great but are you listening? Because that same thing that you are trying to connect to with prayer also has information for you and you're not making space for that. So listening is important. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. you gotta listen. I mean, that's where it comes from. Pings, where else can pings come from? How can you get a ping? How can you receive a ping? If you're not 
if there's no space for it. Right. And the messages come in various ways. I mean, it can come through and it can come through your voice or whatever. And also like things in the external world, you know, like can yes. give you information. Oh, I love yes. this. Bill. So good. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I say this, I think that I, I meditate. So I think meditation allows me to be more open to pings. So the pings may not come during meditation, but the pings may be more frequent for me because I've met, because I meditated because I connected with my source and I was able to like create a space where there's some room for the pings to come. Mm. Yeah. No, I know. I love that. And sometimes the pings come and it's like instantaneous, like movement. Like I'll, I'll get a ping and I'm like, okay, I'll act on it immediately. Yes. And other times the information comes and it just keeps coming. It's the same thing that keeps coming. And I'm yeah. like, oh, maybe I need to take pay attention. Yeah. If it's coming over and over again, they're like, uh, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love this. Get on it. Yeah. I think the listening piece is so key. And I think like the slowing down of this moment is also so key because, you know, one of the things that I've been hearing from people that I've been talking to is that because we are physically isolating, have to physically isolate from each other, there's no like bars and there's no restaurants and there's no dance clubs. There's like all of the things that a lot of people use to sort of like distract themselves are no longer available to us. So it's like, you know, which makes people uncomfortable, I think, and also is a new experience for a lot of people to be like, oh, there's like no escape from my life. <laughs> you know, like- I Right, have- which sounds bad. <laughs> like, like, I have to deal with like, what is going on in my life, you know? Right, right. but you actually always had to, you yeah. know? It's like, it's just because exactly. you weren't doesn't mean you, you don't really have to. <laughs> I know, I know, but that's the thing. It's like, when we have those you know, sort of distractions where less, maybe some of us are less likely to sit with ourselves or deal with ourselves or deal with an issue that's like keeps presenting ourselves. But like, yeah. And I can understand that. I totally understand that. You know, you can't really get down on that. Like that's just how life is, but like you, you do need to make a decision. I feel like all of this is really decision-based. Like it is like, I have to decide that I'm not going to run. I'm not going to, you know, you know, get on social media or, or turn on the TV. I'm just going to stop for a minute and just chill out and just listen. Yeah. Like it's okay to just stop for a minute. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it is okay to rest and to stop. Exactly. Exactly. A breather, you know, like that's exactly. our capitalistic culture doesn't allow us to do that, but that's 100%. what we need to do. Exactly. So have one last question before we wrap up, but like, I mean, we talked about the content and the amount of content out there. And I'm just curious, like, how are you dealing with all of the content, all of the social media, all of the online sort of madness that's happening right now? Do you mean like, am I consuming a lot of it or am I like... Yeah, like, is it, do you feel like you're consuming more mm. than usual? Do you feel overwhelmed? But how are you feeling about like sort of the push to push, you know, everything online, so to speak? Well, I think that if I wasn't in touch with the fact that I am trying to slow down, mm-hmm. then I might feel maybe overwhelmed by that. I can definitely get overwhelmed sometimes by <laughs> the amount of Zoom calls that I'm on and FaceTime and, and yeah. Google Hangouts. But I think that I don't feel overwhelmed by it really because I know how to take space for myself. I know this time has taught me more than anything. I think one of the things I'm really coming out of this time with is like how much I value spending time alone so that I have this time to listen so that I have this time to really like put focus and and intention into the projects I'm doing. So I feel like my job is to figure out what my work is 
And, and when I say that, I mean, like on any given day, at any given moment, what is my work right now? Is my work to be like on social media, looking at things? Maybe it is. Maybe that's what I want to be doing. But like when I think about my life and my intention, what is really my work? And my work really is what I'm doing on the podcast. My work is really like figuring out how to expand as a wedding officiant. My work is really like how to, you know, do get into like voice acting. Like I have specific things that those are what I need to be focused on. And I don't really allow myself to get distracted because I don't have to. It's like, it's a decision. It's a decision. Like those things are not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I can look at it later. I can see it later. I can answer the emails later. You know, I have specific things I need to get done because I am very serious about walking out of this pandemic and going back into society with a different mindset and a different frame of mind. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Wow. Phil, this has been so great. So how can people follow you online and follow the podcast. Yes. Okay. So let me give you the things. So the podcast is called Transition of Style. It is on pretty much all of the platforms, most of the platforms, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Transition of Style. The website is transitionofstyle.com. You can Mm -hmm. find all that. And I'm on on, uh, Instagram uh, at transition of style. So all of it is transition of style. And then for me, for some of my other projects I'm doing, I am reachable at corinnephillips.com. But if I were you, I would just go to Instagram. It makes it easy. You can find anything at phil underscore aka underscore corinne. Corinne is spelled C-O-R-I-N-N-E. You can find all of my endeavors pretty much there and everything branches out from there to everything else. So I'm, ever, I'm everywhere. You can find me. Okay, hard to find. And we're going to put all of this in the show notes. So you're not wonderful. Gonna... I love that. Digging, digging. You'll find clickable, me. clickable links. I love it. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, so good to talk to you. Thank you so much for being. Oh, what a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. It's such great questions. And thank you for like giving me the opportunity to do this. I don't get the chance to do this often, and it's always fun. Yay. Okay, everybody, until next time. Conversations is produced by Rhino Girl Media, a communications consulting company. To advance or evolve your next communications project, check out my website, rhinogirlmedia.com, or contact me at liz at rhinogirlmedia.com. You can always follow me on Instagram at Gold. And if you like this podcast, please leave a review, share it, or send me some love. Thanks for listening. Until next time.